0: There are two sources or bodies of knowledge available to humans, and the first source of knowledge is what the Apostle Paul in our text today calls the wisdom of this age, and it it has to do with the stuff of this age, and it's discoverable through reason, through uh, examination, maybe use the scientific method, for example, and you you can learn The wisdom of this age. You can learn how to win friends and influence people. You can learn how to build bridges. You can learn how to harness the power of an atom, and on and on. It's amazing. Uh, You know, God gave us this this world, uh, just a natural world, and said, basically, go subdue it. Learn all about it. Harness its uh, resources and power. That's the wisdom of this age. It's not bad, uh, it, it, but, it's limited, because this age, it will, will end. There is an age to come, and we need not just the wisdom of this age that will benefit us in the here and now, we need wisdom for the, the age to come. And that's the second body of knowledge. The second body of knowledge available to us, Paul calls the wisdom of God. And the thing about the wisdom of God is, you cannot discover it on your own. Doesn't matter how hard you try or for how long, doesn't matter how smart you are or what tool you you use, you cannot discover the wisdom of God on your own. It must be revealed to you by God through His Spirit. But this second body of knowledge is extremely important. In fact, the most important things we can know are the wisdom of God, because they affect not just the here and now, they affect our eternal destiny. Well, we're in a series uh, titled, Catch the Wind, we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as teacher. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who reveals the wisdom of God to us, praise God. For, uh, for revealing this wisdom to us by His Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God. And uh, we're going to see that we are dependent on the Spirit of God, uh, not just for that body of truth, but for our very hearts to say, that is good for me, I need that. So we need the Holy Spirit uh, illuminating our, our hearts as well. So we've, we've chosen this title and this graphic intentionally for the series. Catch the wind. The Bible says the Holy Spirit blows like a wind. You don't know where it's coming, where it's going. And and this is, we must remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force into whom we plug for power to live the lives that we want to live. Uh, Rather, we want to raise our sails. to be in step with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the move because the Holy Spirit is God, right? Uh, The third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a will, is on the move, and and we want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. So we are asking the question, what does it look like to raise our sails and tack into the wind? Uh, That's sort of the key application questions during this Whole series. Well, today we are looking at the Holy Spirit as the teacher of spiritual truth or of the wisdom of God. And we're going to see that apart from the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to know or believe this important truth. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Today we will be looking at verses 6 to 16. The Apostle Paul writes... Yet, among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So there's that first body of knowledge, the wisdom of this age. Nothing wrong with that, but it is doomed to pass away. This age is doomed to pass away, so your knowledge of this age has limited benefit. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. There's that second body of knowledge, the wisdom of God, which benefits us not only in this age, but in the age to come, the the Bible says. And by the way, um, this this is wisdom that is imparted to us by Paul and the other apostles. We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now, uh, other texts talk about this wisdom as a mystery, and it's, it's not that it's, um, it's... It's a mystery only in the sense that, that it was God possessed until He chose to reveal it. So it was hidden from, from us. God knew about it before He ever said, let there be light. He had planned this. Uh, But now, he has revealed it to us um, by his Holy Spirit, and so now it can be known. And so, it's being imparted to the Christians by Paul and the other apostles. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So, this is good stuff. This wisdom benefits us. None of the rulers of the age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, this is an important point. You cut yourself off from the wisdom of God uh, to your loss. So, there are many people, in fact, the majority of people have cut themselves off from the wisdom of God. They don't know it, and they don't even think they need to know it. And they limit themselves to the wisdom of this age and they're content with that. The problem is when you cut yourself off from the wisdom of God, you make very poor choices. Some of those choices have eternal consequences. That's what Paul's pointing out to. Uh, the rulers of the, of the age would not have killed Jesus if they knew who he was. They wouldn't, there's no way they would have crucified the Lord of glory if they knew that there was going to come a day when they would stand before him and he would judge them. If they knew who Jesus was, would they have put him on the cross? No way, because someday they're going to stand before him, he's going to judge them, and he has the power to send them to hell or grant them access to heaven. But they had cut themselves off from the wisdom of God, and and as a result, they evaluated Jesus based on the wisdom of this age, and they concluded we should kill him off, and they did, and it was a, a disaster for their souls. There is an age to come. There is a wisdom of God that is available to us. And we have to make a choice. Are we going to, uh, are we going to accept it, believe it, live our lives in light of it? Or are we uh, going to just say, no, not interested. I'll just stick with the wisdom of this age. We're going to talk about three things. Uh, theological words today, revelation, inspiration, and illumination. Uh, And in verses uh, 9 through 11, we're talking here about revelation, which is this idea that um, knowledge or wisdom that we could not know apart from God revealing it is available to us. Verse 9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Revelation. Stuff that no eye had ever seen, no ear had heard, nor the heart of man had even imagined. I, l- I, I read a lot of sci-fi, probably too much. But one th- I like sci-fi because people are so creative it's incredible the, the amount of aliens out there, no, uh, at least in, in sci-fi people's minds, and the, the crazy universes people come up with. You know what Paul's saying? This, the, stuff that, the good stuff that God has prepared for us for our glory, no one's even thought of that. No, nobody has seen it, nobody's heard about it, nobody has even imagined it. We are 100% dependent upon God revealing it to us, and He reveals it to us by His Spirit. And it's always been the Spirit of God who reveals the wisdom of God, uh, the spiritual truth. It was the Spirit of God who gave the words to the prophets of the Old Testament and the Spirit of God who gave uh, the wisdom of God to, to the apostles. Revelation. For who knows, uh, here's the next thing we learn, is that the Holy Spirit is preeminently competent to reveal to us the wisdom of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Holy Spirit can reveal to us the mind of God, the plans of God, the heart of God, because the Holy Spirit is God, the Spirit of, the very Spirit of God. And so uh, what are we talking about here? What kind of of wisdom are we talking about? Well, in, in the nutshell, it's about Jesus Christ. Right? Who is Jesus? What did he do in his life, death, resurrection, and what does it mean for us? So, the wisdom of God is, you know, who is God? What's his character? What does he value? What's he after? We wouldn't know, we wouldn't know, not know that if God hadn't revealed it to us. Who am I? What's the state of my soul? I wouldn't know that. What's my real purpose in life? I wouldn't know that. Um, I wouldn't know the fact that the wrath of God rests upon me because of my sin. I wouldn't even know about sin. I wouldn't know what is sin, right? What's right? What's wrong in the eyes of God? How do I get reconciled to God? Is there hope for me? What's my eternity? I wouldn't know about heaven. I wouldn't know about hell. I wouldn't know how to get to heaven and escape hell, right? On and on. I wouldn't know about final judgment. There is so much that we would not know if God hadn't revealed it to us. We are so dependent on God's revelation for the most important things in life. And and God has revealed it to us through His Spirit. And so we say, thank you, thank you. But we can be stubborn, and we can be proud, and we can say, if I can't discover it on my own, think it up on my own, if it doesn't make sense to me, if I can't uncover it through my own examination, I'm not going to believe it. You can, you can do that. But then you miss out. You cut yourself off from, from this whole source of wisdom that is so, so important. And, and so it requires humility to, to receive the revelation of God and to believe it and then to base your life on it. It requires humility. Humility. But God's okay with that. <laughs> that God wants to humble us. In, in just the previous chapter, uh, we read this. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that, underline this, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God has set up The the spiritual economy so that when we get to heaven, there won't be a single person who can boast in the presence of God. We'll have nothing to boast about because everything that we have that is good has been given to us. We've earned nothing. And that is a thread that runs through all of Christian theology. It's, It's all about God being gracious to us. And we live in a position of God apart from you. I would have nothing. I can do nothing. God, God has designed the spiritual economy so that it strips from humanity, strips from you and strips from me, any, any boasting possible. And it's same with the wisdom. You want to get to heaven? You want to be right with God? You want to live a life that's actually the best possible life? Well, you're going to have to receive that wisdom from God. You're not going to figure it out on your own. And you're you're going to have to be humble enough to say, uh, I have to just receive and believe. So that's the doctrine of revelation. Now we're looking at inspiration, the doctrine of inspiration, which, which is that the Holy Spirit has given whether it's the prophets or the apostles, the very words with which to communicate the wisdom of God to us. Verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Now, who's the we? He's talking most specifically about himself and the other apostles. Uh, it, it's important to understand that the apostles uh, played a very unique uh, and specific role in, in the church. Uh, and so we're talking here about the 12 men that Jesus himself appointed as the leaders of his church. Then Judas Iscariot betrayed him, and so the other 11 chose Matthias uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now they're back up to a complement of 12. And then a couple years later, Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, um, appeared to um, Paul and made uh, appointed Paul an apostle as well. So we're talking a limited number of Jesus Christ-appointed men to whom Jesus gave the authority and the responsibility of articulating for all Christendom Uh, the significance of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's only the apostles whom God has ordained to say, this is who Jesus is, what he did, and what, what it means, and how you should live in light of it. He didn't give that to some apostle today in Brazil, or anywhere else you might find a supposed apostle. No, there are the apostles, they were for a very specific time in, in history, in the New Testament, and it's to these men that God gave uh, the right to articulate Christian theology. And it's the Holy Spirit that helped them, right? Jesus, before he returned to heaven, told those apostles, it's better that I leave. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he'll, he'll remind you everything I've said, and it'll lead you into all truth. So that's what Paul's saying, He's saying, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Now, we have talked in, in earlier messages about the fact that every Christian has received the Holy Spirit, right? We are all into it with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. But he's talking, about, he's talking more specifically about the Holy Spirit revealing to the apostles the theology for the church. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, And we impart this, right? He's talked about three times. He's already said, we impart, we impart, we impart. So he's talking about the official teaching role of the the apostles. Remember, the apostles said, you have fellowship with us as you believe what we teach. We impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, or as other translations put it, interpreting spiritual truths in spiritual language. The Holy Spirit, so this is the doctrine of inspiration. The doctrine of inspiration is the Holy Spirit gave the apostles the very words with which he wanted us to think about and discuss spiritual truths. This is important. The Holy Spirit chose words like sin, judgment, wrath of God, repentance, faith, judgment, forgiveness. The Holy Spirit chose the words that He believed were most precise and correct so that we would best think about and talk about the wisdom of God. So the older I get, the more fanatical I am about limit yourself to the words of the Bible when describing spiritual realities. If the Holy Spirit chose the language He wants us to use, use that language. You go When, when, when you try to describe the wisdom of God using um, non-biblical language, you're almost certainly going to not get it as right. <laughs> you might get it wrong. So... And 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 remember 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is God breathed. Yeah, God uh, you know it's humans who wrote it, but the, Holy, but the Holy Spirit was inspiring them. So it's as if it's as as if God breathed it through human agents. Um, and, and I don't have an understanding of inspiration, you know, where you're just, what is that? And I'm just gonna, you know, write. The human was involved, but God was working through them. All scripture is God breathed and is, pro- is profitable for doctrine, correction, instruction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is sufficient. All you need is the Bible to know what God wants from you. All you need is the Bible. To live a life that pleases the Lord, to have fellowship with Him, to attain eternal life. The Bible. And and God has revealed uh, that wisdom to us through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles. It's been recorded for us and preserved by the power of God through His church throughout the centuries so that we can have it. And sure, it was originally in Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, but uh, the English translations are outstanding, and you can know by just reading your English Bible. The doctrine of inspiration, that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the the Bible uh, to reveal to us the wisdom of God. Powerful, important truth. Truth. And so when we come to the Bible, you know, humility again, so important. Pride gets in the way of enjoying a full spiritual life. So do you come to the Bible and you say, I'm go- I come to the Bible with my values, with, with my worldview, with my opinions, and I'm going to, I'm going to subject the Bible to the test of my heart, and I'll pick and choose the portions that line up with what I already think and feel and believe. So, so, I'm the master, and the Bible then gets judged by me, or do you say, this is the wisdom of God, and I'm going to let it judge me so that it's profitable for doctrine, what, what we believe instruction, correction, training in righteousness, right? Look, I've followed Christ now for 45 years. I've studied the Bible. I've tried to let it shape my life. It's still correcting me. It's still convicting me. I still read things and think, okay, my values out of which I'm living aren't lining up with what that just said. What do I have to do? Okay, How you approach the Word of God has a very determinative effect on your spiritual life. Doctrine of Revelation, there is a whole, there's a whole body of truth we could not know if God hadn't revealed it to us. And He reveals it to us through His Holy Spirit to uh, the, the apostles, the, the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Giving, even giving the very words with which he wants us to think about and talk about spiritual truth. And now we come to the doctrine of illumination. Illumination. Uh, and here's what we read. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Here's how um, Carl F.H. Henry defined the doctrine of illumination. He says, it's that special activity of the Holy Spirit by which man can recognize that what the Scripture teaches is true and can accept and appropriate its teaching. The natural person is the person who is not indwelt with the Holy Spirit talking about unbelievers. The unbeliever does not accept the things of the spirit of God. The unbeliever hears about the wisdom of God and says, I don't accept that. I reject that. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to base my life upon it. I'm not going to let it influence me. Why? For their folly to him. That the unbeliever hears the truths of God's Word and says, that's foolish. He's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. Now, it's not like he he couldn't take a test and tell you what Christian theology is. It says they're spiritually discerned or spiritually appraised or judged. In other words, the unbeliever doesn't have the Holy Spirit convincing him or, or her The good news of the gospel is good news. It's good. It's for you. You need it. That's a spiritual work. So, I tell you, when when it comes to evangelism, preaching, uh, people don't get saved unless the Holy Spirit opens the minds of their hearts to see the wisdom of the wisdom of God to see its beauty, to see its goodness, to see their own need for it. And so when you're out sharing the gospel, we tend to get so worked up about, am I going to share the gospel in the right way, at the right time, with the right words? Am I going to have all, be able to answer all their questions? Hey, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Absolutely. Um, be prepared in season and out to give an answer to everyone for... The hope that is within you with meekness and fear. Yes, but at the end of the day, people come to Christ or not because of the work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and and so don't get so stressed out about whether or not, just pray more. Pray. Spirit of God, please help them to see, despite my uh, lack of eloquence, help them to see the beauty of the gospel. Help them to see their own need. Break through the hardness of their heart. The Bible talks about... Uh, um, the the minds of the unbelievers have been darkened by the evil one. It's like a, a veil over their eyes. They can't see the goodness of the gospel until the Holy Spirit breaks through that. And and theologians debate how exactly that happens. On you know on one hand, some theologians say, look, you you have to actually be regenerated by the Holy Spirit before you can even receive the gospel or accept the gospel. So there's this. That's one theology. Another one's like, no, 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 God gives general grace. His Holy Spirit gives enough grace or divine empowerment that all humans can understand the gospel, and, and now it's down to their will. And, and so there's lots of debates. But, but at the end of the day, everybody understands the Holy Spirit has to help people see the wisdom of the wisdom of God and, and receive it. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15. The spiritual person judges all things but himself is to be judged by no one. The word judge there is the same word that was translated discerned in the previous verse. The spiritual person judges or or correctly assesses values, correctly appraises all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." David says, "You've made me wiser than all my teachers." I felt this very acutely in college. I sat underneath some of the most brilliant minds, as it relates to the wisdom of this age, right? Best astronomer in his field, you know, best historian in her field, and uh, and they're brilliant. But if they didn't know Jesus Christ, I knew there's this wisdom of God that they lack. They're, they don't, they don't have a, a full world view, and I felt, I had this sense. I am like David. I feel wiser where it really matters than these most brilliant, of professors. And and that and that I don't think that's pride. I think it's just a re, a recognition that there's a, that there are two bodies of knowledge, and they were missing one of them because they refused to, uh, submit to God. So, the spiritual person judges all things. Do Romans 12.1. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. The Christian who has del- dwelt with the Holy Spirit and whose mind has been informed by the very wisdom of God has a much more robust and accurate worldview has the ability to discern the right use of all things, right? Whether it's sex or the body or money, right? We have the ability because of the indwelling Holy Spirit and the and the truth of God to see how the world should in fact be. And so we make much wiser decisions. We judge all things and ourselves are not judged. And what that means is The non-Christian is not in a place to judge the way we live our lives. Imagine you have an unbelieving set of parents, and then their kid gets saved and says, I'm headed to India to go serve the poorest of the poor, the gospel. Are the unbelieving mom and dad going to say, what a great use of your life? Or are they going to say, that's that's not what we raised you to do. Don't throw your life away. They, they can't judge the, the way the Christian lives his or her life, right? Who could possibly instruct Jesus Christ the Lord, how, you know, how to live? They don't have the mind of Christ, but we have the very mind of Christ. So, God, the wisdom of God has been revealed to us through the prophets and the apostles down to the very words then the Spirit of God, who indwells the, the, the believer, illuminates our minds and hearts and, so that we say, yes, that is right, and that is true, and I need to base my life on that. And, and the Holy Spirit teaches us, and the Holy Spirit convinces us, and, all, and, and, all of, and, and forms our worldview, and all of a sudden we, have the, we go through life differently. And we know, I tell you, if you are a Bible-informed, Holy Spirit, devout Christian, you know you're, you're wiser than your neighbors. We do. We know we see the world much more clearly, and it flabbergasts us that so much of the world doesn't. We're like, we know that's right. We know that's wrong. We know that path is going to lead you to destruction. We know that path will lead you to life. We, it's a tremendous privilege that we have as Christians, enabled by the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Spirit of God, for revealing the truth. But of course, this is not truth that we're to sit on, right, and benefit ourselves. Uh, we have a responsibility and a calling to take that truth out into the world and, and partner with the Holy Spirit and share and ask the Holy Spirit to open eyes and minds and hearts to the truth so that other people's lives and eternal life can be totally changed. This is not the Kiwanis Club, right? It's the church of the risen Lord Jesus. This, this is not, you don't just dabble in this when it's convenient. This is the most important thing happening on the planet. It's worth giving our lives for. In our lives too, isn't it? Amen. All right, so I had uh, some takeaways. Number one, accept God's testimony that the Bible contains truth you cannot discover on your own. Number two, revert, revere the Bible as God's word, inerrant in the original languages, sufficient for a full spiritual life. Number three, make Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you will understand the wisdom of God. And as you witness, ask the Holy Spirit to open hearts and minds to see the goodness in the gospel. And another one occurred to me earlier this morning. And it's, you know, as as I read the Scriptures, uh, because it's about the will, that I want to say, Lord, as, as I encounter your truth, shape my will so that I say yes I want to do that believe that let's pray Spirit of God we honor your important role in revealing the truth to us Father you have revealed the hidden things the secret things to us by your spirit Lord, giving Spirit of God, you gave even the, the apostles, even the very words with which to communicate these glorious truths. Lord, we, we all have family, friends, neighbors, co-workers who don't yet know you. And God, uh, Spirit of God, we ask that you would, um, ha- as we proclaim to them the gospel. Would you work in their minds and hearts that they would see the good news as good for them, that they would respond and be saved. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.